What's Swinging Nation? Welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, Fred Moore, and sitting in with me today is Tony Graziella from Brooklyn. He is the owner of Graziella Coffee Company. Um, he is also a fitness trainer, and we're going to get into, uh, basically, we're going to learn about your your coffee business. We're going to learn about your fitness training and your mindset. Uh, when we spoke on the phone, you um, told me some great stuff that I was like, oh, this is fantastic. I felt like I really learned something from you that day when I was on the phone with you. You have a good outlook on life. You use positivity to guide your way. You, you, you really um, seem to have a grasp on where you want to go with things. And this is fantastic because a lot of people wonder how people can start a business, all the you know speed bumps along the way that they have to go over. And how do people deal with it? So, you know, I, I want to get into that. Your, uh, it says on your Instagram here that coffee as a vehicle for change. Sure. That's interesting. I would like to know about that. So thanks for coming on the podcast. Of course. And you came from Brooklyn on a train. So thank you. I know that that is a little bit of a hassle. And um, you could have easily done a video call, but you're like, no, dude, I want to come and sit with you. So I appreciate that. It really means a lot to me because I like these impersonal conversations. So, Tony, let's get into this, man. What What's up with coffee as a vehicle for change? Sure. Uh, thanks for having me here. Sure. Uh, I think it's so important to have in-person conversations. We connected well over the phone, but I think talking in person is just so much different. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, thanks for the nice introduction. Appreciate sure. it. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, coffee as a vehicle for change. It, my generation specifically, and I don't know, maybe I'm, I shouldn't be speaking for generations before me and your generation, but my generation specifically seems like we want to take part in brands that are sewing up some of the damage and, and repairing some of the damage that was done before we were born. Um, mm. With social media, with media the way it is, with the internet, we now have access to see where things are coming from, how producers are being supported and paid out, and what the full supply chain looks like. Um, and I think to to do business without taking a look at the entire supply chain and where things are coming from is is a mistake. And we're not doing our job as citizens of the planet to to take care of the place that we live unless we are are taking care of that entire supply chain. You can get paid for what you do, but also where where is the money going when you're paying somebody for the raw materials? And then what are you doing with the profits after you make them? Mm. And I understand that I'm only 28 and I haven't lived a full life yet and I have no business telling anyone in their 30s, 40s, 50s what to do with their money. I haven't lived this business out. So I can only speak from where I'm coming from and from what I've seen and the people I've been around. But that's truly the way I feel about it. Wow. Yeah, so you're talking about being responsible. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, That's, I mean... That whole thing summed up in one word is, yeah, responsibility. Yeah, and, you know, I, I appreciate you you're, you're being humble, saying, hey, you know, I can't tell people, you know, who are older or whatever. A lot of older people don't like to be told by, by a young whippersnapper, um, you know, how, how to be responsible. Don't tell me how to be responsible. But you know what? Um, that's being closed-minded. Hmm. And, you know, um, I've learned a lot of stuff from younger people. And <clears throat> I've never had to open up a business and, and do what you do. And you have a completely different perspective. And people should be open to those perspectives. 
we can learn a lot from the trials and tribulations that people go through. And I'm sure, you know, kicking off a business and doing what you do uh, is, is full of trials and tribulations. So I applaud you on even thinking that way because you could have taken the shortcut and mm -hmm. said, oh, I don't care. I need to I need to make a buck now. <clears throat> Everybody wants to get rich quick and I, I need my money. And, and, you know, maybe the way you're doing it takes a little longer, you know, but you're carefully laying down a, a strong foundation here, it sounds like. I'm trying, yeah. I'm yeah. trying to set myself up to kind of create my life and and this business and make it harmonious with the way that I want to live my life and the way that I want to have my friendships and my families set up. Um, and I think that's going to take building it on a solid, solid foundation. And I don't think there is a, a short way to do it. I could be wrong. Again, like there could be a faster way to do it, and I just don't know about it. But mm. I'm going to go about it this way and, and see if it works. Yeah. So when did you start your business? Technically... I mean, I started roasting a year ago. I started the branding and packaging design about a year and a half ago. I started the LLC back last April, and I started selling three months ago. So that is the that's the timeline of the business. And you're you have product on the shelves? Yeah, we do. We have product in one coffee shop back in my hometown, which was the first. They were the first ones to make a wholesale order, which was amazing to come. You know, I grew up in a, a town of 30,000 people in Connecticut called Torrington. I moved to New York City, millions of people. Yeah. And I always thought that my business would be done in the city, and that's what I came to New York City for was to do business and then to have the first order come from back home. Oh, man. It was a special feeling. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we are we are on the shelves. We're there, and I have a, a friend from college who put me into his family's three location, retail locations in the city. They have grocery stores in the city. Um, so we're in four stores right now and working on a couple more. Dude, that is fantastic. I mean, you know, that is a, a, a short amount of time, hmm. um, you know, to be able to start it and, and, and get to where you are right now. That's a, a, about a year, right? Yeah, about that. That's unbelievable. Half, yeah. That's really great. That is great. I mean, you know, you're a young guy, 28 years old. And within your first year, you you know you're doing business, mm. and people are drinking your coffee. Yeah, yeah, they're drinking your coffee. Your bag. Scary is... to think about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know what? I mean, a lot of people work hard for fifteen, ten, fifteen, twenty years. Mm. You know, um, and imagine ten years from now, if you keep going along the way you're going, you'll be thirty-eight. Yeah. And who knows? Yeah where you might be living somewhere else you might be roasting all these different flavors and everything this is fantastic i i, I uh very happy to, to hear that yeah yeah thank you speaking of timeline there's one thing i wanted to mention i was thinking about it the other night and i wrote it down i keep a journal usually i only write in it when things are bad but the other day i felt inspired to write something in it for the longest time i'd always thought that i had so much energy i just didn't know what i was passionate about right but I just realized a couple of days ago a different perspective to look at it, which is like, what are you curious about? And and can you take your passion and your energy and put it into that thing that you're curious about? And then create something out of that and then see what it looks like after you've put the time and the work in and you've created it. And then you can evaluate, not sit back and wait till you find something that you're passionate about. Because what if it never comes? Right. 
You know, I, it's kind of it feels like a cop out or it has for me forever. I've always been able to say, well, I don't know what I'm passionate about. I'm just waiting for that thing that I'm passionate about. Maybe I'm passionate about skiing. Maybe I'm passionate about this. Right. Maybe I'm passionate about fitness. But no, it's you find something that you're curious about and you think you have an, uh, some sort of talent or ability in and then you put your passion into it. Yeah. And that's yeah. I wanted to I made it. I wanted to make it a point to say that. Yeah. No, that that's a good point. And that. um helps me you know uh, steer this conversation to uh steel mace coaches and stuff like that because um the uh, steel mace coaches out there are passionate and they're trying to you know bridge that gap in in the fitness industry and 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 bring mace to people and teach classes and stuff and um that what you just described is is that right there it's it's what this podcast is built off of um like having like just a curiosity and and a passion and just seeing what turns out from it which is an amazing thing now i'm sitting here talking with uh entrepreneur who is roasting coffee and and how that all fits into the steel mace nation and everything it's it's that's it right there boom done so that's really cool man and um you also are a personal trainer right yep yes and you're you're uh, are you planning on doing that forever, or do you think that the coffee business will change that for you? I think I'll I'll phase out. Yeah, I, I love it. I love spending my time with people. There's there's nothing like one on one connection in a set period of time when you know you have to be with that person for a set period of time. Like we have this space right now. Right. Like I'm not just gonna walk up and leave. I'm not gonna go check my phone. No one's calling me. I don't. I know I'm not looking at emails. There's something about this space that we've created, right. and that happens in every one of my sessions. Yeah. For the most part, there are a few where I'm a bit absent-minded. I'm thinking about other things. Same thing with my clients. Yeah. But there's something special about when two people enter a session and they're both fully committed to it. And I re- I love that. Yeah. I've learned so much from those sessions from so many different people. Yeah. Um, and it's it's fantastic. Just um you meet so many different types of people that you normally, you know, in your day-to-day, you wouldn't ever really uh, interact with. Mm-hmm. But now because they are a client and you're going to give them your time and they're going to share that time with you, you you are opening your horizons to different personalities and you can learn a lot of different things. It's it's a fantastic way to develop people skills, and um, which is important for anything, you know, mm-hmm. business, whatever. So... Yeah, that's that's great. So, uh, with your fitness stuff, tell us a little bit about like how you got into, started with that, and you know where you've worked and what you're doing now. And then then we'll get back into the coffee yeah, business course. too. Sure. I, I don't know. I feel like we're gonna bounce all over the place between yeah, yeah, fitness whatever. and coffee. But whatever you want to talk about, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm down. Um, I remember we had to. I I train at Equinox right now, and I remember when we started. In the beginning, when we were learning how to be personal trainers, we had to write like kind of a a mission statement almost that we would tell people in our evaluations. We have like an initial evaluation session. We take your body fat percentage, blah, blah, blah. We learn a little bit about your mindset, which is the most important part. But we also have to talk about how we're approaching it and where we're coming from. And remember one of the things that I wrote down, which has been true for me since then, is that I've, you know, I've been an athlete for most of my life and what that's given me is the freedom to do whatever I want to do physically. There's never been anything that I haven't been able to do. 
if you were to tell me we're going to hike 10 miles right now, I'd, I'd be like, let's go. I wouldn't have to change. I wouldn't have to do anything. We could go and do it. You know, yeah. water skiing, wakeboarding, skiing, snowboarding, anything. And I feel like it, as humans, we have our body to take care of. And I feel like everyone should be able to do anything at any time. You know, my girlfriend's a mental health counselor. So these are touchy conversations because there are, there are traumatic experiences that people have have, have had and you know, it shapes the way that they either relate to their bodies or relate to their food and their fuel. Yeah. Uh, so there are, you know, there are, there are like outliers and there are people who are working on things like this. But I, I still feel that everyone should be able to do anything that they want to do. We all have the capacity to do anything we want to do physically. Right. Um, so that was like the way that I came into personal training was I am an athlete. I have this physical freedom. I want everyone to have this physical freedom that I have. And I want everyone to feel good and be able to move pain-free. So are we talking passion again? Or, yeah, 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 yeah. Curiosity. Can people do it? Passion. I know you can do it. Right. And then kind of giving that to people. Yeah. Um, and then taking from them or absorbing whatever I can in conversation, learning from them, giving them some of my passion and hopefully opening up that space. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like everybody that's a, a personal trainer generally wants to see their clients do well sure. or more than well. They want to see them excel. I mean, it's a testament to the, the, the trainer's um, abilities to coach and uh, it's just a, a job well done at the end of the day. Like, Hey, I got this person to move. I got them to feel better. And, they're smiling and they're stronger and they're not getting hurt all the time, whatever. But, um, that is, yeah, that, that's where that, that's like your why, right? That's sure. That's your why. I mean, it's, it's a great feeling to have. So yeah, people such as yourself who are always into fitness and movement and everything, um, you just, you just enjoy it. It's passion. Mm -hmm. And I had to relearn a lot and I had to be more empathetic he like you know I grew up running outside with my shoes off and I grew up doing all of these things and not everyone did yeah but there are things that they did that I didn't do that they could teach me where my weaknesses were so I had to be like you know wait what where is this person coming from where is their body at where do they need coaching and how do you deliver that to them yeah in a way where they're going to be receptive to it because there are coaches out there who you know what's the the saying you're trying to fit a square hole square peg into a round hole yeah. you know it just doesn't work they have their system and they're yeah. like D do my system yeah yeah and the person doesn't respond to it yeah and even though they, they may be correct in seeing some deficiencies in movement or mobility or whatever if you can't get them to buy in if you can't get them to to own the fact that this is what they need and give them a little bit of what they want as well, then, yeah, it might work for a package or two, or a package of sessions or two, a couple of sessions, but are they going to be in it for the long haul? And are you going to leave them with something that they didn't have before they met you? Right. You know? Yeah. So what is um, some of the ways you help people uh, get over the hurdle of, you know, understanding where they're where this fitness that the, whatever it is, the system that you're trying to sure. show them, what's the, what's the way you initially start with them to get them to buy in? Yeah. I, I try to find out, you know, where they're at. First of all, nutrition wise, sleep wise, relationship wise, mindset wise, mindfulness, 
how attached they are to their devices, how tuned in they are to their bodies. Did they do any athletics in the past? Did they dance? Did they play soccer? All of these things, you have to get a whole picture of the person and see where movement fits into to their being and how they view movement and fitness and working out. Because some people, if you tell them they have to lift weights, they're never going to show up. But if you tell them, we're going to do some fun movements, we're going to pick up some stuff, and we're going to jump around, they'll show up every time. Yeah. And they'll be totally down. And you could be doing two very similar things, but it's just you know how making it approachable for them. Yeah. And making it work for them and where they are in that moment. And then maybe moving it into a different place. Yeah, once you see they're starting to gain confidence yeah. and, and, and understand their bodies better and, and you understand, understand you better. Them. Yeah. 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 They understand me. I understand them. Okay, we looked at it like this, but this is really why I wanted to show it to you. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's really cool. And so you're training uh, do you have like a specific thing that you like to do training wise? Um like a specialty, something um, that you find works well with like 80% of your clients? Um, I think maybe this has just been drilled into my head, but I feel like it's true deep down is that everyone should be able to own a hip hinge. Everyone should be able to own a squat. Everyone should be able to have control over their core and their, their shoulder blades and their mid-back. And yeah. There are certain things that everyone should should be able to do. Yeah. Well, if you can't do one squat, you can't sit on the toilet. Yeah. So <laughs> that's yeah. That's that's the the right. I that's mean, tr- yeah, that's like true. you want to be able just be able to sit on the toilet at least. So let's hopefully. Get you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's so those basic things, and then you know it's whatever. It's what what is going to make you show up. Yeah. How can I push you and get you to show up and have you do things that I want you to do outside of the basic movements? You know, I used to love barbell work. I used to love barbell deadlift and back squat, and I got into the powerlifting thing for a little bit yeah. and found that it didn't really work for me. And yeah, I loved chasing the numbers for a little bit and then got a little sick of it. And then I moved on to, you know, what makes me feel good and what makes my body feel good, what makes me feel good mentally. And then I went into that for myself, and then I, I found that message and carried it over into my clients and found that to be most effective because – the one thing that I've learned is it's more about behavior change than it is about what modality you use. Okay. You know, yeah. it's, it's more about how do you get people to do more and move more uh, rather than teaching them how to use one thing. Okay, but how do you um, how do you do that? How do you get into that conversation with them mm-hmm. and still deliver the workout to them and have them do it properly? how yeah if you follow what i'm saying like uh you know like basically we're gonna today we're gonna be doing x exercise b exercise c exercise um but what you know what's in your way what's or or what's in this person's way that you're going to help them buy into it yeah um just getting them to understand why it's so important okay for some people, it's it's getting them to understand why it's so important. You know, maybe they have back pain, maybe they don't. But if they've ever experienced back pain, breaking it down to them, like you know, if you're not using your hamstrings, if you can't get them to fire, if you can't get back into your hips and get your glutes working, and you can't fire your core, that's one of the reasons some people get back pain is they bend over and they pick up things incorrectly. So, sure. 
I don't know if I answered your question, but yeah, if, no, that, if I can relate yeah. the movements to specific things in people's lives that they've experienced and choose something like lower back pain, for example, to make it really basic, almost everyone's experienced that. So trying to relate it to something in their life yeah, that they do. Right. And, have, then, and then have them – so what you're doing is saying, hey, look, if you start doing this, this is what it's going to look like for you, positive side. Yeah. You're going to move better. You're going to feel better. You're going to be able to play with your kids. So always trying to reinforce those positive aspects that uh, get them off of the fact that they might be feeling uncomfortable. Get them off the fact that they feel like they're spending too much money or they're they're uh, locked down for an hour when they want to be doing something else. A lot of there's a lot of those things, blockages in people's way. So to say, well, forget about all that. Look, in three months, you're going to be running around and with your grandkids yeah. or, or your kids or whatever, and you're going to feel better and your business is going to do better because you're going to be happier and you're going inter- to interact with your cust- customers better, mm-hmm. right? Is that the approach you tend to take? And do you find that it works? I, I mean, that's what I've, I've learned from other people, like such yeah. as yourself, you know, and mm-hmm. you, you just said it yourself, like, you know, tell people what, it, where the benefits are, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, how does it apply to their life? How how does it integrate into their life as opposed to being uh, compartmentalized? Like fitness isn't just, it's not just, going to the gym is not just the gym. Going to the gym is giving you a space to move more, which is what we're missing, which is what you're missing, this uh, this person, whoever this person is. Yeah, okay, that's great. You know? That's so a good point. How does it fit into, how does it fit into the harmony of your life? Right. You know? Do you ski twice a year, maybe? Two weeks a year or one week a year? Or do you want to take your kids hiking at all? Do you want to feel better when you do that? I, I had a, I had this cool opportunity to write an article for this online publication, and it was um, I wrote it about skiing and training, and the ability that working out gives you to be more mindful and enjoy activities more. Uh, I have this guy who skis a lot. He's an older client of mine, and he was working out for like a year and a half straight, two times a week. And when he finally went on this big ski trip, he skied for five days straight. And his kids, who were at 16, and his his son's friend, who's 17, was like, Dad, are you going to take it easy? Like, can we rest? He was up with the sun every morning, skied the full day. They they ended up nicknaming him on that trip the machine. No kidding. Yeah. So, you know, if you hadn't been working out, I don't know about him, but if the gen- if the average person who doesn't work out goes skiing, by the time they're halfway through the day, they can't ski because their legs are sore. Right. I went, and the other part of the article was, you know, I went skiing two months after we had that conversation, me and him. I went skiing with a couple of friends of mine, and we skied the first day for about five hours. Second day, they were like, I don't know if I can go today. I'm shot. Yeah, right. And I was like, you're 25 years old. Yeah. I trained this 50-year-old guy who just did five days straight, and he was ready to go for more. Yeah. So he, you know, instead of thinking about how his legs were so sore on the lift or the next day, and he was hanging out with his son. He wasn't thinking about, oh, I'm going to be so sore. I don't know if I'm going to be able to move tomorrow. I don't know if I can do this, do that. I'm so feeling so shot right now. He was just taking it all in. You're yeah. not thinking about your legs. You're thinking about how beautiful the mountains are. Right, and that's what's pulling you yeah. into it. And that, that, yeah, right, you're not worried about the legs and everything. That's fine. You're enjoying your, your yeah. time out. And it's interesting because you're, you're, you know, you said you, you like to train people uh, and, and hit the, the hip hinge in the posterior chain mm. and talking about skiing – you're you're 
you should be using your hips and your glutes oh, yeah. primarily. And when you're not using those, you're you're using your quads, and that's why your legs are shot the next day. Mm-hmm. You know, you're completely de- dependent on those quads, and now you can't ski more than than a day. Yeah, if, if that. Sometimes people their legs are burning on fire half halfway through the day, and they're like, oh, "I should have just got the half day pass instead of the full day," because they spend the <laughs> rest of the time. Money, yeah. yeah, they're down at the bar after that. Like, right, I'm done. Yeah. So yeah, it, um, it, hips, man. Everything should be in the hips, and and um, that's uh, that's that's how you survive out there. Mm. Walk and everything. Your back doesn't hurt. It's really cool, and you know you're you're um, you're you're coaching people. And and you 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 have your mindset um, that you apply right to yourself, but with your with your um, clients, right? Your 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 attitude toward positivity and everything. So I mean, c- can you talk about that a little bit as far as how you develop that for yourself and and where that comes from and how you're able to to share it with other people? Sure half through conversations like this with people that I admire and we talked before we got on this podcast about surrounding yourself with people who you respect and who you have great conversations with and that's a lot of what I've done over the past two and a half years or so um, spending more time and more of my energy with those kinds of people people who you know you see them and you're like wow the, the way that they carry themselves the the positivity that they have the optimism that they have and the ways in which it plays out in their life, I want I want more of that. So right. how can I get more of that? By spending time with them and figuring out what they do and who they spend their time with and what they do in their free time. Exactly what you're doing with this show. Yeah. And then just trying to read more, honestly. Read more about it. Read the books that they're reading. Listen to more podcasts. Just kind of flooding my mind with more... information not not unnecessary information not like youtube videos about call of duty and xbox (laughs) i had an xbox i had i I bought an xbox and sold it in six months okay because i cannot something about technology and myself i I cannot play for like one hour a week and not think about it if i have it and i'm playing it i'm thinking about it i'm on reddit reading stupid articles about how to get better and how to move better around the map like yeah and where's that getting you and i'm i'm trying to start a business yeah right (laughs) Right. I'm trying to move out of my stu- studio apartment in Flatbush, and, yeah. and I'm reading Reddit about about Halo. Yeah, right. What am right. I doing? Right. I put the thing on eBay. I had to go. Yeah, smart move. Smart move. Well, now that's a that's a special experience, though. You realize something about yourself. Yeah. Right. You realized where you need to be. Mm-hmm. You you had to go there. You yeah. you had to go down that road because that refocused you more like a laser beam on yeah. what you really needed to do. What your priorities are and everything right yeah yeah it's it's and it's happened many times but this is it seems like as i get older my radar is getting stronger and i'm becoming more aware of when these things are happening and i'm becoming less focused on what other people are doing and i'm like my you know my friends it was a good way to connect with my friends i have a hell of a time playing xbox with my friends but you know really paying attention to the way that i feel when i'm done playing with how much time I'm taking up, with where that energy could be going, and then taking action on it. Yeah. And, I mean, taking action is, of course, the hardest part of doing anything, but, um, yeah, just I feel like I'm getting more in tune with that as I get older, yeah. which is nice. Yeah. And 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 I take it, too, you know, like, oh, we, we could call that Xbox thing, like, 
a mistake, right? <laughs> for lack of better description. Yeah, no, it was but, a mistake for sure. <laughs> but, I knew myself before I bought it, and then I bought it. Yeah, right. A little impulsive. Yeah, but it happens. It happens. Thanks. But um, now you're you've got your business, right? So yeah. you got this coffee, this idea. You want to do a coffee business, mm-hmm. and I'm sure in the past year you've made errors, mistakes along the way. But it sounds like based upon what you just described in yourself, that when those mistakes happen, they're not going to be the thing that derails you. They're going to be the thing that actually supports you. It, it becomes um, a way to analyze yourself and say, oh, this is where I go wrong with things. This is not how I need to fix it. Yeah. Am I assuming the right thing? Yeah, absolutely. And the number one thing that I've failed to do over the past year and a half if we're like looking at this past year and a half as like a case study of my life yeah the number one failure is is not doing Mm. the things that i i beat myself up over the most and that that i i view as like failures or mini failures or you know opportunities for learning are are times when i don't have the the courage in myself to trust my intuition and make a decision in the moment. Instead, I fall back into these old patterns that I have, which are like, nah, don't think I want to make that decision right now. Let me pull my phone out and go on Instagram and like pacify myself for a moment and then think about it later. It's like my, if I had like a gravestone, if I died right now, I'd be like, I'll do it later. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) My grandfather used to tease me all the time. He used to say like tomorrow, tomorrow, like you always do it tomorrow. Yeah. That's like classic me. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, I'm breaking that. I'm breaking that pattern. And I'm, I'm trying to just trust what I think is, you know, you read all these books, you, you listen to all these podcasts, you've been trying to figure shit out your whole life. And for what, for what is so that when an op, when it, challenge comes up kind of like you know Jocko talks about with leadership when something comes up and you have imperfect information do you trust yourself enough to make a decision knowing that it's not going to be perfect knowing that some people this is not war so people are not going to die but knowing that you may lose some money or that it may look bad for your brand or things may not go perfectly well but do you have the courage to make a decision and take action yeah and my failures are not taking action yeah, well, I mean, that's a common thing with a lot of people. And you're mentioning Jocko, Jocko Willink, who is the Navy SEAL, who wrote the book uh, Extreme Ownership and Dichotomy of Leadership, and his latest one is uh, Leadership Strategies. I know these because I read them, too. When you said Jocko, I was like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the guy is a, a great leader, and he actually came out of the, the Navy SEALs, and he developed this – uh, he developed himself to help businesses out mm. and stuff. And you run a business. And, and um, you know, basically he's he's teaching you how to be a leader, accountable to yourself. And everything. This is accountability you're talking about. This is this is the, the nuts and bolts of everything. And, I, you know, like you're talking about um, pacifying yourself, like when you should be doing something. My thing, if I could share with you, yeah. is we have a room in our house. It's the office. It's our office, right? It's a tiny bedroom. It's not even good for a bedroom. Um, so we have a desk in there, and it tends to always be pretty messy in there, like papers and stuff. And sometimes it's the place where we're just like, I don't know what to do with this. So we just throw it in the office and shut the door. Mm. I'm sure a lot of people have this. So recently, this is unbelievable, uh, I, there was things I needed to do. And instead, I was in the office cleaning the office, and the office does need to be cleaned, but there's these other things that I need to do. And I noticed 
every time I need to do something, I go run and clean the office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, it's very weird because the office does need to be cleaned. But at the same time, I'm only doing it when I have something else I need to do. I never run up there to clean the office when I did all my other stuff. Of course. So this is the same thing. Yeah, and this yeah. is like, like, and it's weird. I don't know why we do this. Well, there's a lot of books on it and everything, and you can read up on it. But th at the end of the day, it's um, prioritizing, right? Yeah. And you said you keep a journal, yeah, right? Yeah. Does that journal help you with prioritizing so you can focus on these tasks that I'm sure you have some serious things you got to take care of running yeah, yeah. running a coffee business and and you know. How do you prioritize? Yeah, the IRS is real. Yeah. Yeah. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> they have cuffs and everything. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I think I mentioned this book to you the last time we spoke, The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. Yep. I meant to bring you a copy, but I-, I No, I bought it. You bought it. Did yeah, you read it? Yeah, I read half of it. Go cool. <laughs> I read half of it. Not that I uh, quit on it. I no, just I I haven't finished it's it. It's in yet, the office. <laughs> <laughs> but it, yes, it is, actually. Uh <laughs> But yeah, go ahead, talk there's, about that because that's a good book. There's and a I'm, piece in that book where he says you need to identify what is priority and what is urgent. And urgent things feel like they need to be done urgently, of course. But if you can take a second and identify what's priority and do that first before the things that seem like they're urgent, I don't know if that totally relates to the office thing because that might just be like a, another pacifier like my phone right. thing. But I think this, you know, if you can identify or I can identify what the priorities are, and we all know what the priorities are, yeah. but those urgencies come up when we want to pacify ourselves or we don't want to do the urgent things, that that was big for me. Owning that, uh, in, like feeling that, feeling priorities yeah. versus urgencies. So you recommend that book for people? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you told me to get it, so I got it. And, and, and I do remember also him, it's Pressfield, right? Yeah, yeah. He uh, says uh, something about cleaning out, like t t sorting out his clothes or something. Mm. Like he did the same thing. Like instead of taking care of what he needed to do, he went and up into his yeah. his bedroom and sorted out spring, winter, fall socks, yeah. you know, all this stuff, and spent hours doing that rather than do the thing that needs to be done. Yeah. It feels good in the moment, right? While you're doing it, yeah. But even when you're doing it, you're still thinking about the thing that you should be doing. Yes. And even when you finish, you you don't you don't. You don't feel any better. A big letdown. Yeah. Right. Unless, I think there are a few things that are excluded from that. Unless, like, you have your actual workspace that you need to be working in is, like, a mess. Yes. Maybe cleaning right. that up and ha creating a clear space for yourself is a bit different. Right. Yeah. And that's my office. I always think, well, this is my workspace. No, it's not. I, yeah. It's where I have a fax machine. <laughs> <laughs> and a desk with 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 envelopes. Yeah, that's what I. My office is the world, basically. You know, mm. this is my office. You know, um, talking on the phone and stuff like that. I could do that anywhere. So yeah, uh, it, you know, you could, you could trick yourself. These are good things, though. As as a coach, as a business owner, who you know, you're gonna eventually hire people and you're gonna mm. have to lead them. These are good things to know about yourself because these are the same things that happen in other people's lives. So rather than say how you know you hire somebody to help roast your coffee beans and how come Joe is over there looking out the window instead of roasting the beans? Well, yeah. you got to go over and engage with him and be empathetic mm. and realize that hey, you know what? Maybe he's got a blockage going here, sure. right? So I mean, this is why we have to be aware of ourselves. Mm. It, th this is, you know, where I think you excel at because, you know, uh, talking to you on the phone and hearing what you're saying now, 
um, you you have a grasp on these ins and outs of your personality and, and everything. We could call them flaws. I, I don't call them flaws. I just call them the things that make who you are. If you use it as a tool wisely, you realize which direction to go. Um, as you as you continue with your coffee business, how do you see that these things that you're learning about yourself are going to play out actually structurally with the business? Sure. Um, I think they'll make me just more empathetic in general for people that I hire, for people that I'm doing business with. That's like, that seems like great currency to have the emotional intelligence that it takes to understand who who is in your business who works for you and who you're doing business with again uh, i can only speak from my experience of personal training but i can imagine and from what i've seen so far in the coffee business that's i can see that being very valuable yeah being emotionally intelligent and in tune with um the idea that all people are not coming from the same place we all don't have the None of us have the same history, even if we're in the same family. We all experience trauma differently. We all have had traumatic experiences, and we all embody those things in different ways, and we bring those into every conversation and situation that we have. So I think that's going to help shape the business in a way where it's going to be a very relationship, understanding work environment and business to do business with. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And. Yeah. There's one more book that I, I really like. I rec- would like to recommend Mindset by Carol Dweck. Have you heard of it? I think so. I think it keeps popping up on my Amazon thing because yeah, pro- those are like my uh, algorithms right there. Probably. It's Carol what? Carol S. Dweck, I think is her middle okay. name. Like Carol Dweck. Yeah. Yeah, it's, she's a PhD psychologist. Uh, and short, like 10-second summary of the book is basically that there are there are fixed mindsets and there are growth-based mindsets. And that shows up in so many different ways. And she gives yeah. so many examples in the book. But for me, I'll give it like a, I'll give you a very specific example. For me, I my fixed mindset shows up when I go to do something like coffee roasting or I go to do anything that's intellectual that I have to think really hard about that's not physical. I get into this fixed mindset, which means that I think that any failure of mine, anytime I don't do something well, it means that that is the way that I will always be. My talent and my my talent is fixed. I don't have the opportunity for growth. I can't put in the work to get better at it. Uh, a growth mindset would hit this coffee roasting thing, fail, have inconsistent roast, and see that as I'm learning. Yeah, I'll be better in a year and a half, two years. I'll be a great roaster by then. But for me, inconsistent roast... I'm like, do I even want to do this anymore? Okay, so it I al- suck. Yeah, automatically it shuts you down. Yeah, whereas something physical, if it's a sport for me, I'm good. I'll fail, whatever. I know I'm going to be here tomorrow and the next day, and I ha- and I have this physicality in my nature where I'll get better. I have a very growth mindset in physical activities. Wow. Skiing, hiking, biking, whatever it is. That's really but interesting. But more intellectual things I have a... And I don't know if that's the right way to categorize them, but I have a harder time with those things. I, I feel much more... I judge myself on those things. I'm much more fixed in those ways. Okay. And what are you doing to change that? Being aware, being more aware of it, I think is the first step. Being a little, the awareness of it is huge. And then just being a little bit more patient with myself and trying to pay attention and give respect to the people that have been doing things for a long period of time. Like it, 
seeing people who've been doing things for five, ten years, maybe even less, three to five, ten years, and saying, okay, when they started, they were not this competent. When they started, they were not this talented. Their work and their d discipline and their patience got them to where they are, and if they got there, I think I can get there too, unless they're Shaquille O'Neal. You know, or, or she talks about in the book, you know, for for education, there's like a 97 percent of people in this mid range where you can grow and you can learn and you can reach your you can increase your learning. And then there's like the one or two percent that are savants. And then there's the one or two percent that are like outlier special needs. But everyone else is pretty much in that same category. And that goes for almost all things. Yeah. If you don't fall into those two categories, you should be operating in that growth mindset. Can you pull from your growth mindset for physicality? Can you pull from your awareness of that and use it to help you with your fixed mindset? For I don't know. I need to think about that. But for me, it just it doesn't relate. I, I feel totally different in those two things. That's interesting because I, I don't know if you've ever read it, heard it, or whatever. There's a lot of famous people that work out and you know they do business, whatever. They'll they'll point out that you know when you're you know. You're under the the iron, you know. You're bench pressing, you know, and you got to fight for every rep, you know. And yeah, you don't make it, you don't get it, and then you got to go back and do it again. This helps you in other areas of your life. Sure. Um, and th that's interesting that that might not actually work for you. So yeah. you know, there's there is no one size fits all for for this stuff. Yeah, that's I. It bothers me when I hear people talking about things like very specifically like this should apply for everyone right because for me it hasn't like that that has never stuck for me yeah it just hasn't worked for me well you know what's cool too i think a lot of people could kid themselves and say well that yeah i read that that's true but the, like you're aware that it doesn't work for you so that's yeah, yeah. that's how in tune you are with who you are yeah that's what's so cool here is that you're you're on top of that so you you have more of an understanding of of your ins and outs and um, that to me is a, is a sign that you really are more perched on the on the way toward growth than anything else. Yeah, I, I, that's the one thing I could say. Like I crave is, I don't know why, but I just crave to to know more, to to know myself more, to know other people more. Yeah, yeah. I think that translates over to if you're growing, then your business grows. Sure, I'd like to see how that plays out. <laughs> <laughs> me too <laughs> because if it's true then those words yeah, i just said are going to be very huge we'll be all right <laughs> but if not let's just forget i said yeah. it. <laughs> delete but, this podcast so how did you uh, come about even starting a coffee business sure um my parents owned a couple coffee shops in my hometown that i grew up in my father owned it with a couple of his brothers um same name my dad's name is tony Okay. Oh, same name like the coffee company. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. no, no, no. Oh. It started with my great uncle. He started this um, coffee shop out in Rhode Island called Best Heat and Donuts, where they used to bake their own donuts and mm. sell their own coffee. And then it slowly moved into Connecticut. My grandfather and my grandmother opened up a store in, in Connecticut, in Torrington, where I'm from. And then my dad and his brothers were all working there when they were growing up, whatever family business. And then my grandmother passed from lung cancer and my grandfather had a stroke so my dad and his brothers took over the business and then you know i was born all my cousins were born we kind of grew up in the coffee shops grew up in the business okay. um the business shut down when i was in college um 
but for the first 20 something years of my life coffee was in my life yeah you know so there was a familiarity with it that you were you could just easily say hey you know that's what i want to do you were familiar with the industry enough is that what it was curious about it okay curious. as i was growing yeah. up i i never thought anything about being in the business I, right. I never wanted anything to do with it i wanted to do my own thing i wanted to play sports i wanted to play video games i was like well, i don't care about coffee at all right. i didn't care about anything when i was in like middle school high school i was just like where are we playing football after yeah. school? Yeah, and what are we doing? Why would you care about coffee? Yeah. Really? Kids aren't really out there pounding espressos yeah. and stuff. <laughs> Not into business, whatever. So I didn't, I you know, I didn't really care about it. And then, funny, when I was in college, one of my good friends, Dan, him and his brothers own a, a chocolate company. They make chocolate in the Bronx. They're from Trinidad and Tobago. They were back in college in 2010. He was talking about this ten years ago. Um, he was like. He found out that my parents were in coffee, and he was like, "Dude, you gotta go and you gotta like dig into this a little bit. This is your family history." Yeah. And at that point, I was like, "No, like I don't want anything to do with it. it." It had just closed. I was like, "No, that that part of my family history is done. I'm done with it. Not interested in it. Wanted to do my own thing." And then you know we'd talk about it on and off. Him and his brother started the business. I think it was in 2014 when they when they graduated. They like filed for all their paperwork in 2012 or 2013. So this had been a long thing. They're still doing it now. We lived together after college. And, uh, you know, seeing him do that and create something from nothing with his brothers and then him kind of reigniting that flame in me to take a look at what that thing was and then me having my own space to step away from it and then come back to it with a new perspective. That's kind of where it came from. Ah, oh, that's amazing, man. And my parents had the coffee shops. My friend kind of reignited that thing. And then my grandparents on my mom's side were farmers in southern Italy. Went, and then they came over to the States. Um, and so I have my parents in coffee. I have my grandparents in agriculture. I have my friend who mentions this thing. And then I have my own interest in manufacturing and supply chain and marketing channels and oh. i went to school for business i went to school for marketing but i minored in operations management so we talked a ton about supply chain and efficiency and it always fascinated me like how things go from raw material to a branded product on a shelf like what happens in between yeah, yeah. what happens in between and this industry so the combination of all of those things and this industry specifically, where there's so much conversation about fair trade, direct trade, sustainability, I was like, wow, that's really cool. They're talking about supply chain. Right. So all of those things kind of turned into this business. And we'd, you know, it'd been a conversation for eight years, and it just started a year and a half ago. Yeah. That's awesome. So man. that's the story. That's very interesting. You guys, should, you, so the guys that make the chocolate, yep. you should go back and talk to them about introducing a coffee bean into their dark chocolate oh yeah right and do a little yeah, uh still, a little collaboration there well, yeah that's like you, a, like you're like barking a, up the right tree man that's that's about it we're gonna try to do eventually like a chocolate covered espresso bean or yeah toss it in a bar or something there you go whatever whatever they want to do i love that you know i think when you because like they inspire they your friend helped inspire you a little bit oh, there, yeah. right? yeah so now if you collaborate together the energy is there and you're, you guys are all like pumped up yeah and that just create that opens up another door. Even if you only sell two beans, right? Mm. It's still gonna it's still gonna generate something. Yeah, that's going to potentially lead you down the road to something else. Whatever mm. we don't even know what that is. You have to go out and you have to do these things. I think collaborating with the right people helps you engage in 
your surroundings differently. You know, your perspectives change because you, you, uh, in order to collaborate with somebody, you have to allow them to influence you, mm. and they have to likewise yeah. allow you to influence them. So that's going to create a dynamic shift. And totally, it could. Who knows where that could lead to? Can we touch on that one? for a second longer i sure you know i did this seminar and one of the things that we talked about was what is true leadership and you just talked about collaboration leadership is not if you're my graphic designer and my it's my company leadership doesn't look like hey this is exactly what i want this packaging to look like make it mm-hmm. leadership is like hey you know this is an idea that i have it's incomplete i'm looking for other ideas what do you think about this Tell me whatever you think about this. Give me all of your ideas. Let's create this space here. Let's talk about it. And then together we can create the, the best thing. Yeah, because now they have ownership in the project. It's yeah. part of their. And also they have this connection to believe it in or not, whatever. Maybe you believe in the universe. Maybe you believe in God. They have their own connection to whatever it is that gives them their creativity or that their creativity comes through them, their body as. Yeah. So. You could never have their ideas. You could never be inside of their mind. It's impossible. Right. So how could you possibly on your own create something that is more creative or better or has as much perspective as collaborating with someone else? It's like impossible. It's impossible. Yeah. Right. It's not. I mean, even the most creative people have to collaborate. Yep. Because people see things at angles that you could never see them from. So I really had to make that shift before I started this business. Um, to open up and make it less about myself and what I wanted because it's not about what I want or what I think is cool or what I can think I can create on my own and then telling people to do things for me. It's like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah. Can right. you help me? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And then, yeah. And then seeing what it comes of it. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. And even if it's not quite what you envisioned in yourself, that's all right. That's fine because yeah. it's not yours anyway. Yeah. I mean, you're going to die anyway one day. It's you can have it while you're here, but eventually you have to let it go. Yeah. And you might as well let other people collaborate with you and, and make it bigger and make it more beautiful and something that it actually bring it to its maximum potential while you're here and while you have it, while it's while it has energy around it. Yeah. Because if nobody's interested in it, then it doesn't really have any life. But if people want to collaborate with it and give it more life, then why not? Yeah. And it makes it more interesting and it's fun. Yeah. And then if it doesn't work, you got somebody's shoulder to cry on, too. Yeah, yeah. And you have somebody to go back to and say, hey, this is not working. What can we do together? Not like, fuck, this is not working. What am I supposed to do now? Right, right. It's a big stress relief. Do you think a lot of business owners uh, that – do you think that's a common trait amongst the leaders in business? Collaboration? Yeah, like having this exactly what you're talking about, the ability to say, hey, let's – let's you know, let it, I'm going to let it go. I don't know. I'm I'm so young. It's so hard for me yeah. to to have that perspective. But um, one thing I'll say is that you know in that book, mindset, she talks a little bit about fixed mindset leaders and growth mindset leaders. And fixed mindset leaders are a bit more like you know if I don't come up with the idea, it means I don't have good ideas. If I don't come up with ideas and somebody else did, they might take my spot. So I need to uh, extinguish that idea. I need to extinguish those things. Mm. So I think there's probably a higher likelihood of of there being different. Definitely different kinds of leaders, but I think that's more of a like a growth-oriented kind of leadership yeah. quality. Yeah, that's amazing. And then you know, tied in with all that, it would be when there's a success, the leader gives it to the 
to the team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The team made it successful. Exactly. And, but then when something goes wrong, the leader says, it's my fault. Yeah, ownership. It's my fault. It's not your fault. Yeah. I should have done this. Or yeah, yeah. this could have been done better because if I did these steps instead. Because you're supposed to be leading the boat. Right. You know? You're supposed to be driving the ship. You're supposed to be leading. Yeah. but So you don't really necessarily have to know everything about the boat, though. No, no, no. You're not in charge of that. You're just in charge of using your intuition to steer the boat yeah. in the right direction that you think is you see fit. But you can't be in the boiler room filling up the engine and, and painting the boat and doing all of these things. Right. It's, you can't do that. You can't do it all. There are other people who's, who have a mind for those things. Right. And you might be able to nurture that in your own mind, that creative space, that artistic space, or the business, the sales focus, the data focus. But why? 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 What are you going to do it all yourself? And then when you win, you can be like, I did it. You right. know? No. Yeah. And <laughs> Even now, my, my girlfriend last night was, I'm happy to say she, I was done for the night and she sat there and she packed bags. She packed coffee bags. She wow. labeled bags. Yeah. She was like, no, I, I want to do it. Yeah. I'm not going to come here and be like, I did everything. I packed all the bags. Like right. there have been so many things that people have helped me do. The girl who's doing my graphic design is doing it mostly out of the goodness of her heart. You know, she's not charging me for it. She's oh, helping big. me to do it. This business would not exist without other people. And I, yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you have people helping you like that, that's, that's, you know, a huge jump on the game to be able to push forward, you know, obviously those people are, are believing in you yeah they believe that their work to help you is gonna go somewhere mm -hmm. that's got to give you such a magnificent jolt of energy when you take that in yeah it makes me feel like all of the things that i've been thinking about and practicing i was always like you know there's a right way to be and there's a right way to exist i think that's a bit like more harmonious with good nature and and with I hate to use this word because it makes people sound so uh, the universe like yeah, there's a way to be more in line with the way that things should be there's like a universal truth yeah that you can be more in line with or more not and i always wondered like when does it pay off you know when does it pay off to to be good and to do good things and to act, to actively try to be a good person right and i'm seeing now that it's it, it is paying off a bit in business yeah it's paying off when you need to like you said lean on people and bounce things off people so yeah yeah that's awesome yeah you, you know the payoff thing too is you i think a lot of people get stuck because they're expecting a a payoff to look a certain way no it the payoff should be this whatever you value whatever yeah and all along there is payoff but they're not seeing it because they're looking for <laughs> this that's a whole nother conversation yeah yeah and you know it's it's about taking a step back and saying well what's happening in my life and you know there's there, there's payoff in so many different ways mm -hmm. it doesn't necessarily mean money or or stock share or mm -hmm. selling things you know it could be you know you're developing awesome relationships with people sure. and you know again you're a young dude who has many many decades to go of just blowing this this business up got five minutes all right uh and you know you you could um you could build relationships for the next 10 years and not make any money but sure. then you know when you're an old man and you're eating your ice cream on the porch 
looking back on your life, you're gonna say that's that's where it was the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I started making the money later, but the best was the relationships. That's where the real growth came from. Mm. It's who knows? It's a journey, right? Yeah, those are my favorite things in in life are the moments when you know I enjoy time by myself. I'm kind of I, I used to be a bit more of a loner, but now I enjoy more than anything being with a couple people that I really like. Yeah, in a beautiful place, mm. just being. Yeah, you know. But if you're if you're on the way up and everybody that reaches out or tries to help you push them down on your way up and then you get to the top and you're the man, yeah, then you're not gonna have those moments all by yourself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Drinking your whiskey by yourself. Yeah. No, it's no. It's nice not the man. way. I mean, if you want to do it that way, fine. Right. Who the hell am I? Yeah. You but got, that's the way I'm going for it. Yeah. I hope it pays off. I think yours is the best way. My friend, I think you're going to do very well with this, and it's going to be exciting to watch. I've never gotten to meet anybody at at this stage mm-hmm. where, you know, I've met business owners decades later, whatever. This is cool, man, and and get to know you a little bit better and, and hear your story and and um, what your ambitions are and what, what your philosophies are. It's mm-hmm. it's really great. So you're, uh, before we go – how about you tell everybody how to get in touch with you, how to buy your awesome coffee? Sure. Sure, sure. Yeah, uh, Graziella Coffee Company, G-R-A-Z-I-E-L-L-A Coffee Company on Instagram. Haven't created a Facebook yet. Uh, my email is on there. Send me a direct message. I have a website up. The link is in my bio on Instagram. Um, I have a couple more coffees coming out soon. I'm going to be selling T-shirts and mugs and collaborating with a ceramicist friend we're gonna do a, a mug giveaway with a bag of coffee um yeah follow me send me a message let's link up for coffee and get coffee and and build some more relationships okay and just real briefly tell us about your different flavors of coffee before we go sure so i'm just getting started i i just sold through my first bag which was a colombian it's a bit more approachable it's toastier richer nuttier creamier and then i have a second coffee a nicaragua coming out these are all single origins in the beginning which is like my second coffee my nicaragua comes from a, a family in nicaragua it's a it's a micro lot yeah. it's just their farm and it's like you know a bit fruitier it's a bit brighter and then i'm working on a a blend like a a blend that i'll hopefully be known for and that'll be Something a bit more middle of the road, richer, toastier, creamier, sweeter. Something that's very easy to drink every day. That's what I want to do. Because I grew up in a house drinking cheap coffee. That was Sanka. Sanka, <laughs> Lavazza, old Lavazza and yeah. from the freezer in a mocha pot that nobody knew what, how they how to prepare it. Yeah. Put some Sambuca in it and, and drink it. And, <laughs> that and, doesn't sound too bad. No, it's good. <laughs> it was good. But that's, you know, it's it, for me, the coffee is, it's it's less about the flavor of the coffee. It's Though that's incredibly important. It's in, important to have a good product. What's more important is like how coffee brings people together and the space that it creates. We're sharing a cup of coffee right now. Right. The coffee, you know, it played a part in it, but like it shaped the way that we had this conversation. Yeah. Be it the caffeine or not, you know, it's coffee. Bre- I have all of my best conversations over coffee. I don't really drink anymore, so. Right. Yeah. What What can hashtag What can coffee create? Hashtag Don't work too hard. Yeah. There. I you have go. that printed on the side of my bags. That's a, something my grandmother used to tell me every day before I left her house was Don't work too hard. We didn't get to touch on that, but that's like a, oh, yeah. a sentimental piece from my uh, my my bag. Do you share that story on your Instagram or anything like that? I if- will. I need to. I need to do more of that all right yeah so i mean everybody could find out what that's all about go on uh tony's instagram 
and he'll have a um, story there for you of of, of why your yeah. grandmother said that and what the part of your the part your grandmother played in in yep. who where you are at right now, right? And by the way, that's her name. Graziella is my grandmother's name. Her name was Grace. Okay. My name is Tony Ponti, last name. Okay. Graziella is her first name. Okay. All right. Cool, man. So yeah, that's that's good. So um, yeah, everybody, check out Tony Ponti and his coffee company, Graziella Coffee. Uh, ch- follow him on Instagram, uh, and try out a bag. Go on his website and um. Get something, grind it up at home. Get a grinder or get a grinder. Buy yeah. if you drink coffee every day, you should have a grinder at home. Yeah. It's a must. Yeah, we talked about this. Magic bullet. Eh, no, don't not do so that. good. If you uh, have to, it's okay. I'm gonna go buy a grinder right now because you bought you brought me a bag. I brought you a bag, yeah. And I wanna do this right. So I'm gonna go get a grinder when good we man. leave. Good man. After I drop you off at the train and sh- then I'm gonna I go. have sold about twenty grinders so far. Oh, you sell them on your? No, no, but I've like for other companies, just like third party. Oh. I just oh. direct so many people to buy grinders that I should be getting a cut. Yes, you should. <laughs> yes, you should. Well, we'll talk about that later. All right, man. I appreciate it. Thanks amazing. for coming on. Thank you so much. This was Good a, time. an amazing space, an amazing conversation. You're always welcome back. Thanks, man. Thanks, everybody. Uh, remember to follow on YouTube and subscribe and uh, write a review, please. You could do it on iTunes. You could do it on YouTube, Spotify, wherever you listen. And um, thanks a lot for checking out the podcast. And we'll be back with another one real soon. Bye.